All right. Thank you guys for joining us. My name is Chris Creech, and we're here with the Genesis Church Conversations podcast. Thanks for bearing with us for the last few weeks. We had some uh, vacations that um, stopped us from recording, but we are back now, and we are moving on to the doctrine of Christ. So who Jesus was, what he did, uh, what he didn't do, and uh, some of the things that he, he said and even didn't say. So, all right, let's go for it. All right, so when, you're, when, you, when you start talking about or studying the doctrine of Christ, you can imagine how huge a subject this would be, okay? So, I mean, the whole Bible is really about Jesus in some way. So, but when you, when you get into systematic theology and you start talking about Jesus Christ as like a subject, you know, you're studying the person of Christ and stuff, there are some categories that can help us understand who he is, what he did, what he didn't do, like Chris was talking about. For example, you could talk about the pre-existence of Christ, before, you know, Christ before he shows up in human form. Uh, you could talk about the prophecies of Christ, you know. Um, also in the Bible, especially the Old Testament, you had the typology or the types of Christ, uh, things that objects, illustrations that just point to Jesus uh, in some way. For example, like the Passover, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, then you could talk about the birth of Christ. You could also talk about the sinlessness of Christ, the deity of Christ, the humanity of Christ, the miracles, the teachings, the death, um, the atonement, the resurrection, the ascension, the return, the authority of Christ, the names of Christ. I mean, just on and on it goes, you know. So you can understand that this is this is huge, okay? So obviously in our podcast, we're not going to be able to cover everything. And, you know, we're looking at a couple of episodes, just kind of hitting some big questions uh, about uh, the doctrine of Christ. And so again, this the subject of Jesus is can be very... Uh, can be endless. I mean, we could spend months just on this thing, but we do want to start uh, answering some basic questions and get us started. So for example, uh, the first question that we're going to uh, try to answer is what is the virgin birth and why is it important? Now, I, I do want to, hopefully we can take this beyond just the typical Christmas story that most people think of when they think about the birth of Jesus. Because uh, there's a lot going on with the the, the virgin birth of, of Jesus. Now, uh, before we get into what it is, the virgin birth, uh, let me tell you what it is not, okay? It is not an idea borrowed from pagan mythology. Okay, so in mythology, there are stories such as Zeus having a child named Hercules, and by the way, when I was a kid, I loved those Hercules movies that were made back in the 60s. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, so at home, my both my, by the way, as a, just a side note, when I, when I was a kid, I would uh, be at home alone. <gasps> they made that movie about me. <laughs> so every summer, I mean, literally, I'm at the house by myself. I, I was the only child. Both my parents worked. And they were gone, all that kind of stuff. And so... Uh, and they had this matinee at noon. 
And, you know, one week during the summer, it would be Godzilla movies. Another week, it would be those uh, karate movies, kung fu movies. Another week, it would be Bud Avenue Lou Costello. And then another week, it would be those, it would be like Hercules movies. I also <laughs> enjoyed the uh, the Hercules movies when I was a kid, but mine were different. They were in color. They were oh. the cartoon ones. So a little <laughs> different Hercules movies between the generations here. But Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, well, one Hercules movie that most people don't know about <laughs> is uh, Hercules Meets the Three Stooges. I actually remember that my um all right so when i grew up this is a little off topic but we're way off topic at this point um i had a friend my best friend was a a pastor's kid and like you know the the stereotype on pastor's kids is they have like i mean everything in their house is is squeaky clean nothing above (laughs) pg or anything you know what i mean and so yeah we watched we watched those because newer movies were forbidden (laughs) (laughs) Except the time that we we snuck Last of the Mohicans in, I was like nine and watched Last of the Mohicans. Watch out was, now, oh boy, it's that crazy! Wow, you're anyway, rebellious, man. I know, man. It was bad. <laughs> Lots of nightmares from that one. Anyway, all right. So back to the mythology thing. Okay, so some people claim that Christianity, what they did is they just took some of these myth, you know, the mythology stories, sort of modified them a little bit, and created this religion called Christianity and um but that's not what happened at all you know uh some people even think you know christianity borrowed it from uh the mythology of apollo having children you know a couple of his own kids so anyway as a result again some have speculated that christians stole the virgin birth story from such myths that didn't have matter of fact some of these mythology stories came about after the some of the prophecies about the virgin birth so i mean the timeline and we don't have time to get into all that but uh that's not where it came from um so the virgin birth this idea can uh well first of all not the virgin birth but the idea of christianity stealing or borrowing from mythology uh can be rejected for three reasons and i've already mentioned one of them and that is about the prophecies coming before, like Isaiah seven fourteen comes before some of these mytholo- myths were developed. Uh, the myths speak of gods having sex with women, which is not what happened regarding the Mary and the and, and Holy regarding Mary and the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Uh, the myths do not involve actual human beings like Mary and Jesus, but rather fictional characters you know, similar to modern day superheroes from comic books, stuff like that. So, um, I mean, just, just as, just as, you know, when you start really thinking through it logically, you realize that this is not another, the virgin birth is not some mythical story adapted from a mythical story. I mean, as we'll see, this is legit. It's true. It actually happened and it's a miracle. And it's a God thing, okay? And it really comes down to faith. You're either going to believe this or not. Because really, some of the things that, you know, the Bible says happen, you have to believe that in a God who does miracles. That's just the bottom line. Right. Uh, if you if you can't go there, if you can't believe in a God who does miracles, then it's you're going to have throw to out. Yeah, it's going to throw out most of the doctrine of Christ if you can't yeah. if you can't process yeah. that. And you might as well just himself. It. I mean, he in himself is a miracle. That'll be our next point. But yeah, right. 
So anyway, when it comes to the virgin birth of Christ, uh, the Bible is very clear. This was a miracle performed by the Holy Spirit of God and without a human father. So let me just give you some examples on what the Bible says. So Matthew 1.18 says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about a miracle here, okay? Uh, we're talking about something supernatural. We're talking about a divine event, uh, a once in world history occurrence, okay? Um, then in Matthew 1.20, after Joseph had decided to break off the relationship, because, you know, he's thinking Mary, you know, had messed around, got pregnant, you know, and was just blaming God for it kind of a thing, you know. But uh, anyway, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said this in Matthew 120. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Again, a supernatural thing. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And obviously Joseph believed the angel and, um, and then, and believed Mary and, you know, the rest is, is history. Uh, one more, uh, Luke chapter one, verse 35, Mary is asking the angel how she will have a child as a virgin. And the angel says, the Holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the son of God. Now, again, we're not going to dissect all that, but that's just miracle language is what we're, that's what that is. Uh, in some supernatural way, God, I mean, Hey, we're talking about a God who can speak the universe into existence. You know, he could obviously speak somebody pregnant. I mean, okay. That's right. just the bottom line. And there's so, a, I yeah. mean, there, there's a lot to be said about what well, was Mary just making this up to cover something up. Um, right. Well, well, absolutely. That that sounds realistic. But then, then we run into the problem of Joseph, where there was no advantage to him lying and saying, "Yeah, an angel told me this," and then staying with Mary. That was actually a disadvantage for him. And so, um, yeah, that that kind of throws that right out the window. Yeah, because he had, you know, I mean, he had a way out. Mm -hmm, uh, absolutely. I mean, and it was and was ready to take it. He was he was already yeah. taking it. He was taking those steps and then yeah. stopped. Um, and knowing that, I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine know. Joseph is saying, you know, and everybody's looking at you, thinking, Joseph, man, she's messed around, man. Mm -hmm. What are you doing here? You know, and um, and having to live with that. I mean, that culture. I mean, it's it, okay having an affair adultery, divorce, it is not nearly the stigma today as it was then. Right. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, back then, uh, you could stone people, you know, for yep. messing around. I mean, so we're talking, uh, the stigma was bad, you know, mm -hmm. and as a matter of fact, even Jesus later on, you know, he was stopping a stoning of this woman called an adultery. And so, uh, but my, you know, again, with that, I always think, well, where's the man in all this, you know, you know, she right. was caught in adultery. Right. They let uh, him go. 
Yeah, where, where's yeah. he at? You know. Anyway, yeah. so that's another thing. Um, all right, so why? Let's talk. Let's say. Okay, so why is this important? Why is the virgin birth important? I mean, what's the big deal? You know, I mean, obviously God could have done something else. I mean, you know, they could have had a baby boy and just said, "Hey, just name him Jesus," and then God could have just waved his magic wand somehow and poof, he becomes the son of God, you know, or something. Um, why, why this way? You know, what's, what's the point? Well, um, we're going to try to answer that a little bit, but uh, I want to tell you there's books written on this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I mean, great minds have thought through this and this is, this is one of those aspects where you start getting into and when you start finding out why God is God in his ways and we cannot understand everything, but there are some things that we can understand about it. So first of all, why is this important? Well, I think it shows the salvation ultimately comes from the Lord. Okay. It is not, I mean, everything that God does is an object lesson, you know, just as God had promised that the seed of the woman back in Genesis three would ultimately destroy the serpent. So God brought it about by his own power, not through mere human effort. Okay. This is the virgin birth is not something man made. Okay. So when the Bible talks about salvation is from God, it, it's including how salvation came about, about Jesus, the Messiah showing up. It had to be a God thing. This is not an invention by man. It didn't happen. But I mean, this is God initiative. God created, God did it, God miracle. It is a divine, salvation is a divine thing all the way back to um, the virgin birth. And so it points to the sovereignty of God on this thing. Matter of fact, Galatians chapter four, verse four says this, but when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman. There's that virgin birth. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, God initiative, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. So even salvation, the message of salvation, is tied back into this virgin birth thing. And so uh, it shows that salvation ultimately comes from the Lord. That's one, that's one reason why it's important. Um, Another reason uh, the virgin birth is important because it made possible the uniting of full deity and full humanity in one person, which we're going to talk at length on another question regarding this subject. But it, it, so it allowed Jesus to be fully God and fully man at the same time. This was the means God used to send his son into the world as a man. And it is significantly important that God, that Jesus be fully God and fully man at the same time uh, as we will uh, see later. And a final reason, not the, not, I guess not the final reason, but a third reason, but there, and there's more reasons, but the third reason that I'm going to mention is the virgin birth also makes possible Christ's tr uh, true humanity without inherited sin. Okay. This, is what allows Jesus to be human and sinless at the same time, which is also important for him 
when it comes to dying on the cross and the atonement and him being the perfect lamb of God, spotless, sinless, and all of that. So there's a lot more to this, but those are some reasons why it was necessary, important uh, for the virgin, uh, for the virgin birth. So uh, any other comments, Chris, on the virgin birth? Uh, yeah, it, it fulfilled a lot of prophecy when you, when you look uh, back, including, yeah. I mean, what you mentioned in Isaiah seven fourteen, but um also, going back to all of the prophecy regarding an ancestral line, um, that line was to carry on and carry on until one chosen woman was to, you know, bring bring the Messiah. And, and uh, you know, without the virgin birth, any of those kids could have been the Messiah. And we just wouldn't know. With the virgin birth, man, it's kind of a... Uh, it makes it a little more obvious, you know, that, that that's where that line birthed the Messiah. Um, the other, the other really cool thing to me about the virgin birth, you know, so as a, as a musician, we are taught when, when we do concerts, man, you put your, your best pieces at the beginning and the end, because those are, you know, kind of what people remember the most. Now we do good music in the middle, but at the beginning of the end, that's where we put our, what we would call our showstoppers. Well, man, I mean, look at, look at the beginning of Jesus's life is a virgin birth. I mean, the ultimate in miracles, it's untoppable. You cannot beat that miracle until he comes back to life after he dies. So, I mean, right at the beginning of his life and right at the end of his life are some of the biggest miracles that can be done. You beat the idea of creating life, you beat the idea of death being the final straw. And so it's just, and I mean, he, he died to forgive sin. So three of the biggest miracles in Jesus's life happened at the beginning and the end. Yeah. Which is just know, really cool how it's written, you know? It is. I mean, uh, I mean, the whole story of Jesus is cool. <laughs> I mean, it's just Absolutely. Is. I mean, I mean, once you get past it, just as, if you if you get past it as a just a mythical story, I mean, once you believe it and know it's true, it's like, man, this is the greatest story ever told. I mean, it really Absolutely. is. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, if uh, you are wanting to, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I I want to read some more about this, you know, uh, like somebody else's thoughts about it. There is a book I would highly recommend. It is called The King, Who Is This King of Glory by Tony Evans. And, uh, and the whole book is just simply about the doctrine of Christ. That's what it's about. But it's written at a, in a, it covers everything that we're going to cover and more, but it's written in an easy read style uh, with some detail and depth to it. Um, and yeah I, would, uh, yeah, I would recommend uh, Nabil Qureshi's uh, seeking Allah, finding Jesus. Um, this this guy, he died in 2017. Uh, he was young man, but of cancer, I believe, uh, stomach cancer. And um, but this whole book was written because he was trying to, as a Muslim, he was trying to go ahead and say, you know what, I got to disprove Christ. And at some point, it changed into, all right, I need to answer these three questions, and if I can answer these three questions then I, I have no choice but to believe in, in Jesus. And so his, his journey kind of flips on its head and he ends up becoming a Christian, but, but it's his search to, um, 
to basically find the doctrine of Christ through three questions. And so really good. Interesting. Yeah. Really yeah, good. yeah. Huh. Um, cause I know we, we get questions from time to time about, Hey, do you have any books to recommend and stuff? <laughs> and we do. I mean, Oh yeah. 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 Um, so, um, uh, cause there's a lot of good books out there and, you know, um, you know, and sometimes it's, if you're not used to the Christian book world, uh, you, when you start searching for, you just get overwhelmed. There's just tons of it out mm-hmm. there, you know, yeah. on these subjects. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. um, you know, a few years ago, uh, another resource, uh, is the Christmas series. Uh, it's complicated. Is that still on our website? Do you know? Yeah, it should be. I can, I can check it now, but I'm, I'm almost positive it is. Yeah. Okay. That if you want to know a little bit more about the things around the birth of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, we did a series uh, a couple of years ago called it, you know, Christmas it's complicated and, uh, and tried to look at the reality. We, we try to get past the children's Christmas version of the story and look at really what the Bible says. And so in there, that's where you get into the whole, pregnant out of wedlock issue and you get into Herod wanting to kill the baby, you know, a couple of years later and you get into just some other stuff. That's like, you know, Joseph wanting to leave Mary. And I mean, you know, when you start really looking at it, it, it it's, it's a soap opera. I mean, it really yeah. is. You Absolutely. Know, it's, it's on the website. If you're okay. on our messages page, you just go to browse series and it's under Christmas. It's complicated. And that's okay. Jeff Prebeard on there. Oh, so he, no beard, Ooh. Jeff. Yeah. I forgot about, not, you know, I've, I've had it now for a few years. That, it's been a while, man. Yeah. You know, I saw my driver's license today and I have no beard. And I'm thinking, who know, is weird, that guy? Man. That's it's weird. weird. It is. I don't even look, I don't even look right. You know? Well, but, uh, that was pre-existing. But. Mm. Oh, by the way, uh, I was at a pastor's meeting the other day and uh, on Zoom and somebody uh, said, I look like Spurgeon. If you know who Spurgeon, you know, if those who are listening, what do you think? Have they seen Spurgeon or? Well, so I, I mean, yeah, I can I see it a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And I, so I, I looked, sure. I looked up the, uh, I looked up Spurgeon images, yes. you know, Yes. and I could, I could see it, you I know, see it a with, little bit with the popular images of Spurgeon that yes. most people, when they look, I thought, okay, he's got the beard kind of <laughs> like this and the gray and the, it, I mean, I could see the similarity, uh, but, uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, cool. So anyway, yeah, there you are. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we, we've answered the question um, about what is the virgin birth and why is it important. And so I think what we'll do is we'll keep this episode short uh, yep. for this week. And, uh, and next time we'll come back and go ahead and answer the question, is Jesus fully God and fully man? Right. And if so how and why is this important? So uh, we'll do that next time. Absolutely, man. That sounds great. We will see you guys next week.